0: the movies
1: all those comics all the games all those toys all the tv the animation just give us just give us one hour
2: and 45 minutes and we will give you everything
0: hello marvelites welcome to this week in marvel episode number 224 i'm ryan panagos aka marvel's agent m joined by
3: oh hello there i'm ben morse marvel director of digital media editorial (laughs) oh man one of these days
0: one day it's gonna work and we're gonna be so happy yeah Uh, but this week in marvel is the official marvel podcast of all news new releases and talking over skype because that's what we're doing that's what we're doing guys ben's not in the office but we're rolling along we have not missed a dang episode yet that's that's pretty impressive
3: it's pretty incredible yeah 224 episodes in i thought it was 225 episodes in um (laughs) We, I was actually really excited because I, I thought we were going to have our 225th anniversary episode, but, um, you know, 224 is also a great number, and, yeah, it's pretty impressive that we have not missed a week, and we owe it all to us.
0: Yes. Oh, we are great.
3: I was going to say we owe it all to the fans, but really, they owe it all to us. <laughs> Good job, us.
0: Yes. Uh, so, this week, what do we got? We got news uh we got new comics out this week we're gonna get through all the single issues the print digital all the collections all that good stuff um and then we're gonna do something crazy and wild and hopefully it'll work yeah i'm
3: very nervous about this yeah
0: uh we've got twim urc with uh patrick and mark strami and the wolfman show is taking twim urc to the west coast on their own
3: what a perfect pick for them to start with, yeah. Cap Wolf. the uh, the Cap Wolf saga. Yeah, um, looking forward to hearing that. It it may it may make me listen to their part of the show.
0: Yeah, you know it's it's something different and unlike uh... unlikely,
3: but you know <laughs> there's that glimmer of hope.
0: Yes, and um, then they're going to announce what uh, the next URC is. We won't spoil it, uh, but there are infinite possibilities about what it could be, and yeah. um, you'll see that on the Marvel Unlimited app shortly.
3: I am infinitely excited to see what it's going to be.
0: Yes. Uh, I have no more infinite puns. So. Yeah. But I think at this point,
3: people should have figured it out. Or, if or
0: not. they have they have an inkling uh, of where an it
3: is. In, an infinite inkling
0: and fininkling oh, that was um,
3: that was awful i'm so yeah, sorry no
0: i liked it uh but let's dive right into the books for the week
3: all right let's kick things off with agents of shield number two written by mark guggenheim art by sherman peralta uh, i like we talked about it a little bit last time when we were talking about the character of Fitz and how he's handled differently in this book than necessarily on tv i like how this is inspired by the show but not necessarily lockstep with the show uh, we see more of that here with getting a little background on colson um, finding out an old love interest of his who plays into the ongoing story. Essentially, what has happened is a government agency has developed kind of a protocol to deal with any superhero. And they developed it by having this woman go into Coulson's brain way back when. And he obviously knows how to deal with any superhero because he's the ultimate fan. It's the same way you or I, you know, when we're hanging out in our spare time, try to think of ways to take down the Avengers,
0: right? Always. Naturally.
3: So, you know, any, any true super fan would do that. And they exploited that. So they've got those those plans have been liberated by a non, no goodnik who is riding around in Iron Man armor and taking out new characters. It's kind of cool that we get to see like some we get to see one new character who's like the hero of Madripoor, and I'm sure we're going to get to see more new characters. But the agents of Shield are trying to stop this person. But Fitz is a little different than we're used to. Deathlock and Mockingbird are a little different than we're used to, and just seeing how the whole team. It's how May goes in there and how everything fits together. It's kind of the cool appeal of this book and whether or not they can take down this person who has Colson's knowledge. And Colson's just great in this book. Guggenheim really gets the voice of Clark get Greg down.
0: He's so good. It's perfect. Yeah. Uh, all right. Next book is all new Hawkeye number four written by Jeff Lemire art by Ramon Perez with colors by Perez and Ian Herring. Uh, this is a jam for all you uh, Katie uh, fans who love Kate Bishop, Hawkeye, uh, because we had a ton of her upbringing and her history and sort of um, her family. Now, Ben, hmm. was was her deal uh, – what was the deal with the Young Avengers? They, they, it was only the Runaways who had evil parents, right? Uh,
3: Kate's
0: dad has been established as a criminal. As a criminal. Yeah. All right. So, so we we know he is not a nice man. Yes, he's a he's as you had called. I think you mentioned before, uh, the word no good Nick. Yes, uh, I'm, I'm perfect for it. Spot yes. on. and uh, really here we get to see um, what Katie's father's uh, influence and what who he was and things he did started to seep into her childhood. Uh, so that's our flashback for this because we got a lot of. Um, Clint flashbacks in previous issues. Now we get a bunch of really cool Katie flashbacks. And in the present time, we've got Clint uh, yelling at uh, Maria Hill because he wants to go find Katie, who's gone off to find the um, the three Inhuman kids who have been captured now by Hydra. So there's all this like awesome big-time like spy intrigue action by mm-hmm. the end of the book, which is really neat, and uh, Hawkeye jumping out of planes and being totally dashing and, of course, getting shot, as he is wont to do. Um, but great issue. I really, really, really dug all the stuff with Katie. All-New Wolverine
3: number 5, written by Tom Taylor. Art by David Lopez and David Navarro, I
0: believe. Uh, yeah, Navarro. And, Navarro. Um, yeah, colors by Nathan Fairbairn.
3: Yeah, beautiful book. Uh, looks really good. This is kind of a homage to that issue of... Avengers way back when, during the Kree-Skrull War, where Ant-Man had to go inside Vision and fix him up. Um, in this case, one of X-23's clone sisters has been shot. And the only way to fix her up is for X-23, Wolverine, and the Wasp, who is making a guest appearance here. They dive in and basically go after um, the ill parts of her, her inner workings. Um, meanwhile, on the outside, the security chief from Alchemax is trying to track down the sisters, and he brings his forces to bear against the remaining sisters who have to shield Laura and Janet as they do their work inside. It's cool because the Davids get to do some really cool stuff on the uh, you know journey to the center of the body work. And also, I like... I, I, I like last issue, we got to see Doctor Strange, his relationship with the new Wolverine. Here we get to see Wasp, her relationship with the new Wolverine, commenting on, oh, you know, Logan would have done things this way. I'm impressed that you're doing things this way. It continues carving out Laura's identity as being the Wolverine of the Marvel Universe, which I really dig. Um, and we'll see more of that this week in our next book, which you're about to discuss.
0: Yeah, totally. So an all new X-Men number four, which is written by Dennis hopeless art by Mark Bagley inks by Andrew Hennessy and colors by Nolan Woodard. Um, it opens up with essentially uh, Wolverine um, X-23 getting thrown through a window into a den of uh, murderous thugs. And she goes full on into Logan action, you know, Logan style action, mm-hmm. Where in that she gets riddled with bullets and stands there and uh, makes like a a quip and then goes into, you know, what we don't see, but we can only assume is a berserker-esque rage of violence and wonderfulness. Um, But that is only part of the story because on the other hand, she is, you know, she's got this relationship going on with Angel in here and he's not invincible. None of the mm-hmm. rest of the team is invincible. He's also not someone who's known our Wolverine for years because he's one of the original X-Men brought from the past into our, our time. So he's like, he has no, not as much, hey, Wolverine was just this, uh, this tank that could never be stopped. He's like, oh, yeah, that guy, whatever. He's now seeing this girl that he's like kind of in love with. Yeah. She's constantly um, diving headfirst into danger so she gets shot, she gets burned, like skin falling off. She, like, all kinds of awful stuff. And so that's a big theme for this issue. He's, like, trying to rectify, you know, the understanding that she is the part of the team, she's the only member on the team who can handle this kind of punishment, but at the same time, he's watching someone he cares about consistently get what would, what should kill her. Like, things that should kill her. Um, yeah. So it's a really it's it's a really cool theme that that spreads throughout the book, and he's like you know he talks about it with uh, you know various members of the team, and they deal with all this stuff, and it's like again and again there's danger. While that's going on, um, the we get the reintroduction of a classic X-Men villain in mm-hmm. maybe my favorite like return. you know what I mean it's like it's almost like um and and some of the listeners you're gonna hate it but it's almost like wrestling where a guy (laughs) goes away for a while like he's had a good run but something was off so he goes away they repackage him they find the character that makes the most sense and he comes back in a big return and it it totally goes over it's totally like oh damn that's awesome um and I'm not going to spoil too much because the character's not on the cover or anything but it's a really really cool sequence of events and it's It's scary. It's brutal.
3: The way you put it is perfect. Um, Anyone who watches wrestling knows that, you know, even if a mid-card guy goes away for a little while, when he comes back, he's going to get a huge pop on his return. And then it's whether or not you can capitalize off that, which is what Dennis has to do now. But, man, Dennis is just writing the the heck out of this book. I, I really commend him for, with all the stuff you were talking about with Laura and Warren, really being true to how kids and people in love just act. Um, He writes the voices of this book very true to life, Um, whether it's that, whether it's Iceman, who, as we know, is exploring his sexuality um, and he is not experienced with trying to go out and kind of meet people. He flubs it in this.
0: Yeah, there's there's a really terrific, like totally awkward young person flirting action and he fails. And it's it's so it's so true. I know. It's heartbreaking and in its trueness. So it's Dennis is
3: doing a great job on this book. Totally.
0: Alright, so the next book is All New, All Different, Avengers Number Five, and this is written by Mark Wade, Art by Mahmoud Asrar, Colors by Dave McKeg, and um, Vision is one creepy mofo. Oh yeah, I'm, I'm gonna say that straight up. Uh, and this is a,
3: and this isn't a week when his book is not out where he's. Well, actually, <laughs> you know what? Actually, that's saying something because in his book, he's the least creepy character.
0: Yeah, he's like so logical and so like chill. Mm-hmm. Um, but yeah, in here, there's something up with Vision, and that's like that's straight off the bat, we're, we're seeing where that's going. It's very. It's very mysterious, but it's classic Mark Wade, and I love it. But then we go, we open up into this crazy. Uh, after the first shot of Vision, we open up to the scene with uh, Captain America and Thor, and they're smooching. And then there's like it's like this... a telenovela. It's very, it's very dramatic. <laughs> yeah, it's great, and uh, we realize that it's actually uh, the uh, a depiction of Kamala Khan's fanfiction about. Uh, Captain America and Thor. And you it's... have to really, you have to really think about that. That's the equivalent
3: of say an intern coming to work with us and they've wanted to work with us for so long and they love the show and they suddenly start writing fan fiction about the show even though they already work with us.
0: Yeah. Yep, 100%. That's what I'm imagining. I like it. Um, has but... has Jesse been writing fan fiction <laughs> we can only we can only hope right. uh yeah she's not with us today because we're recording over Skype but she's floating around doing all their business yeah uh, make sure you ask her that I will I will for sure um but Vision's not the only one who's weird in here there's like weird stuff going on with the rest of the uh the team and the younger parts of the crew like mm-hmm. Ms. Marvel and Nova have uh, a little bit of an issue with the older members on the team and by by a certain point in the issue uh you can tell things are going wonky, really, really wonky, to the point when um, they bring in this uh, this villain. Who at first uh, Captain America is like, "Who the hell is this?" <laughs> and then Iron Man's like, "Uh, Friday, please help me out." We're, we are introduced to Equinox. Yep, I have never seen this character before. Existing character. Wow, old uh, school. Yeah, old school, but very Mark uh, Wade, uh, and I, I like his design. Is this the way he's always looked? It's kind of a it's kind of a ramped up version of how he's always looked. Yeah. Okay, Um, so looks super cool. uh, And like you said, ramped up. He is he's like super powered up. So he's able to fight the Avengers. And then it starts like spiraling into all kinds of madness. Uh, And then there's this big final page reveal that uh, is awesome. It was a crazy, crazy issue.
3: Also crazy, Black Knight number four, written by Frank the Tank Thierry, art by (laughs) Luca Pizzari, and I believe there was, who who else helps out on that?
0: Uh, Let's see, we've got Andrew Crossley and Antonio Fabella on colors. Yes, uh, this is another crazy issue of Black Knight, where we are in Weird World,
3: and Black Knight has been parted from his ebony blade. Steve Rogers now has the ebony blade. The Uncanny Avengers are still in play. They are going after Black Knight and his people at this point. Black Knight is, he's, he's kind of jonesing. He's basically like an addict who doesn't have his fix because he doesn't have the Ebony Blade. He is trying to convince the Uncanny Avengers that he is the only one who can wield this blade. We get a little more background into how he what he's doing in Weird World, how he has helped the people of Weird World in this uh, new Avalon denizen that he has, he has claimed and made his own. We learn a little bit more about his supporting characters, and we set up what looks like it's going to be a showdown between Black Knight and Steve Rogers for possession of the Ebony Blade. Yeah, yeah. Meanwhile, in Darth Vader number sixteen, written by <laughs> Kieran Gillen, um, art by Salvador La Roca, we follow up. I think we're following up on the Darth Vader Annual here. Correct? Uh, yes, this is
0: right on the heels of uh, well, of Vader Down and right. But
3: specifically, the uh, right. the plot, the storyline where. He went and basically eradicated the royal family and left one person in charge. I think that's took place in the annual, if I'm not mistaken. Yes, if I am did. mistaken, I'm sure our fans will correct me, but Darth Vader has to go back to that planet and help the girl that he installed as the ruler basically take care of business and assert herself. But she makes the good point that she, because he killed her entire family... She is now the queen. She's the warlord. She's doing everything. She has to succeed. If she doesn't succeed, she will lose the respect of all the people who she's supposed to be ruling over. We also have the droids doing great stuff, the Darth Vader droids, for lack of a better thing to call them. Um, <laughs> Dr. Afra is not in the book because she's been captured by the good guys. And hopefully we'll see that play out in Jason Aaron's Star Wars. But Vader is balancing a lot of things. He's still trying to deal with his rivals. He's still trying to convince the Emperor that he should still be his top guy. And as someone who has now seen Star Wars The Force Awakens, I greatly <gasps> enjoyed this comic.
0: Wow.
3: That's what, right. What you history, think of the Star Wars? History has happened. I loved it. Mm. I really enjoyed it. I saw it with uh, my folks who were visiting Jersey last weekend. I uh, took them out. Neither of them were interested in seeing it at all. Uh, and so you can see where I get it from. Um, but we all really loved it. And I think now this this will probably become a family tradition. Every time there's a new star Wars movie. out, Uh, Luckily you've got a new star Wars movie. What seems like it'll be every year. Yep. That's what we, that's what we, (laughs) as we were looking into it, that's what we got into it. And it's, it's, there's something to be said for seeing it with my mother who was swooning over Harrison Ford.
0: (laughs) That's great. She says, that's,
3: that's my guy.
0: (laughs) I love it. Uh, All right. Next book is Deadpool. Number seven. This is the mammoth. 25th anniversary issue, and when I say mammoth, I am serious. This is one. It's ten dollars, ten American smackaroos. Yeah, but for your ten American, you get like eighty pages of story. It feels like I don't know. Jeez, it's massive. It's a very, how heavy is it? It it could hurt someone. I don't. Could you work out with it? Yes, I probably will work out with we'll it. We'll work out with it. Do some Deadpool lifts. Yeah, I'm gonna. I'm already curling it up and uh, <laughs> bending it, which I know makes some of our listeners. Sorry, nuts, listeners. Nuts with anger, and I uh, love it. That makes me happy. But this is written by uh, Jerry Duggan, art by the amazing Scott Coblish, colors by Nick Velarde. Um That's the main, like the, the lead story. We'll get to the rest of the issue. But the lead story is really um, all about like Deadpool trying to figure out, getting stressed about his memory and his mind. And, you know, he... Obviously, he always has some problems and some issues, but this was like really him getting like getting anxious about it and and stressing on it and trying to deal with it and figure out some stuff. Uh, before we get more into the story, there's a two-page spread early on in the book, which is a cutout of uh, like the Avengers headquarters, those Avengers slash Deadpool headquarters at the Schaefer Theater, mm-hmm. and it is one of the coolest. It's like classic old-school uh Marvel handbook kind of stuff cuz you get to see all the different floors, all the different layers of the room, some really like cool little easter eggs and all kinds of great stuff in this two page spread like I wish we had more of these. I want a whole book of these. Hmm. Uh makes me so happy. Um so we've got that and then it's it's on to uh Deadpool like basically looking at his book of grudges, which he has a little black book of grudges and and taking care of like repaying the people who he feels have slighted him. So he goes, he fights ninjas, He doesn't slight uh, Shikla because he gets to go to the bone zone with her. Yeah, Bone zone action. uh, Anniversary
3: bone zone action,
0: 25th anniversary style. That's the way you do it. That's classic. It's good. Uh, But he's got uh, Creed written in his book. He's got uh, Spoiler. He's got Doc Samson. He's got all kinds of wonky stuff and he's going through going it's through got doc samson yeah there's there's a doc samson bit in here which is okay it's great um and then by the end he realizes uh the creed thing is the one that's really itching him the most and he figures out that creed called him a sap and a Slade ripoff. and this is the best this is, <laughs> jerry is so good he writes this line uh deadpool talking to himself he called me a sap i remember he brought the gas. He <laughs> he was, Sabertooth must die. As like, of course, Deadpool gets so heated about being called a sap. And It's they, a horrible thing to be called. You know, never call someone a sap. No. Um, but Don't, Not unless you mean it. No. All right, so that's our lead story. And then probably the other 60% of the book is made up of six other stories, all based around the Mercs for Money. So it's um, yes. you know, tales of the Mercs for Money. You've got a story about terror. Uh, written by Colin Bond, art by Tyler Cook, a slapstick story which I really really dug by Ben Acker and Ben Blacker, with art by Danilo Beirut and Veronica Gandini, a cool Fool Killer story which actually like made me really happy. Um, yeah, it was it was like a very sweet story which I you know I wasn't quite expecting.
3: Um, when it comes to Fool Killer, no, that's not really what you usually get,
0: right? Um, the, the 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 like Fool Killer going and like. Trying to be a good dude at a certain point was really great. Um, and uh, then he gets mixed up with the Mercs. But uh, we get a great Stingray story, which adds a cool layer to... What Every Stingray story is a great Stingray story. 100%. That's written by Tim Seeley, art by Mike Norton and Veronica Gandini. Um, but that's cool. It like adds a good layer to what his deal is with this whole Mercs for Money business. Um, there's a great Massacre story, giving the origin of Massacre. Uh, El Diablo Empujo. Uh, by Mike Hawthorne, um, who wrote it and drew it, which is oh, awesome. Oh, cool for him. Uh, inks by Terry Pallet, colors by Jordi Belair. And then we get uh, a, another great, kind of like, sweet story uh, about Solo, written by Jerry Duggan, art by Phil Noto. Um, nice. Which makes me so happy. But there's this great, like, Deadpool uh, Solo battle, but, like, getting some insight into Solo in his private life. So good. I friggin' loved this. And, you know, feels like there's something big going on with Deadpool right now. Absolutely. Like something is is happening that, you know, is out there. And so it feels like a perfect time to have this big 25th anniversary issue. Makes sense. Yeah. Makes a lot of sense. Also making sense is Guardians of the Galaxy number five,
3: (laughs) written by Brian Michael Bendis, art by Valerio Skiti. And we see the final throwdown between the Guardians and Yotat, the Destroyer of Destroyers. Um Venom gets some nice shine here. So does Rocket Raccoon, the Thing. Uh, we get to see the Guardians working in tandem as they do best to take out a foe far more powerful than them. Unfortunately for Peter Quill, there is major fallout in, far, in, in so much as his rule of Spartax. So big status quo changes in this issue. I like seeing the new members of the team interact with the older members of the team. I think uh, Ben Grimm and Kitty Pride are fitting in immediately. Um, we get to see some stuff with Gamora, where she's going to go in from here. Basically, this issue transitions and sets up the next big storyline for Guardians of the Galaxy. And of course, Bendis and Skeetie are killing it as always.
0: Yes. Uh, killing it as well are the Illuminati mm. in issue number four, written by Josh Williamson, art by Sean Crystal, colors by John Rock. And uh, the, the Hood's plan is we got to steal this crazy experimental um, rainbow bridge, like a uh, 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 like sort of like It'll create a rainbow bridge. Yeah, this piece of tech from Rockson. Rainbow Bridge Generator, right? Rainbow Bridge Generator. Thank you from Roxon. We got our crew together, and then oh no, Thor shows up, and Thor has already had this beef with Titania in a, you know previous um, stories recently, and so it's Titania versus Thor in this awesome beatdown. Which I will say, uh, Titania does what I hoped. To see her do cheat mm-hmm. to win a yep. little bit like classic heel move. If you're not cheating, you're not trying. Exactly. Uh, and then all the the team has to work together to try to get this piece of tech working and get to Asgardia. Uh, it's just a cool little part of this this caper of these awful people. Like they're all pretty terrible um, in varying levels. I they, mean, Titania is kind of okay. She's, she's she's still not she's not great. She's her and Thunderball are the least worst, but right. that's like saying I don't know, like Gambit is the least worst X-Men, he's still terrible,
3: right? I don't, that's not at all like saying he's the least worst X-Men, because that's like saying all the X-Men are bad.
0: Wait, yeah no, I'm, I don't know where I'm going with this uh, The least best? That's like saying uh, Vincent was the coolest member of the NWOB <laughs> team There you go You're because that, that
3: Yeah, because that's a like Kurt hennig was the best west texas redneck
0: (laughs) look it up i don't even know what that is look it up um but yes i just wanted to make a jab at gambit in the middle of all this i know what you were going for yeah but there's uh there's some crazy moments some backstabbing and some explosions some front stabbing as well yes totally uh we also have marvel universe guardians of the galaxy number five this week it's based on can't fight this seedling Written by uh, Dave McDermott, <laughs> uh, directed by James Yang, and adapted by Joe Carmagna. And uh, fun one.
3: Miss Marvel number four,
0: written by G Willow Wilson. Who did the guest start on this again? Um, that is. I think it's Nico the... Leone? Yeah, Nico Leone, and it's so good with colors yeah, it's in really herring. good. But I I don't remember Nico Leone doing stuff for us. I I'm not sure. I thought it was
3: Adrian Alfona just experimenting with a new style. For the, until it got to the credits page and saw it was Nico Leone. Yeah. Um, really seamlessly fit in. I like that we get dropped into pretty much the middle of a story where Kamala's brother has brought home a girl who he is intending to marry. And this is the first we've heard of this, correct? Like, no, I'm, no, I didn't we, miss something in another issue, did I? We
0: did, we did. Well, oh, the, we did? The marriage part, I don't know that we knew of, but they we got introduced to her the last issue or the issue before, but their parents had not met her prior, okay. previous to this. I felt very dropped into the middle of the scene and I loved it. Um,
3: I loved the, the, this is what makes miss Marvel, which, you know, is winning awards left and right. Such a special book. It's not just the superhero stuff, which we get to later. It's also all the personal stuff that Kamala is going through. Really the modern day, almost Peter Parker esque of it. Um, so Kamala has to deal with the fact that there's now going to be another person living in her house, another person she has to keep her secret from, and she has to help with all the wedding planning. And this is on top of already being an Avenger, going to school where she's not doing well because she's spending all her time being an avenger. The Avengers in the Avengers book as well as in this book are not 100% happy with her they see her potential but also they think you know she she needs to devote more time to them and she meets up with Bruno and comes up with possibly one of the worst plans I've ever seen <laughs> to like I like even as just a, a reader of her comic, Kamala, like, what are you thinking? This this is a terrible plan. It's definitely not going to work. Uh, she still has Dr. Faustus out there to deal with, just to deal with her personal life and just to deal with her school life. I don't think it's going to work out, but I look forward to reading
0: about it. But what I love about the plan is that she's so stressed out and she's so tired and so, mm-hmm. like, pulled in a million different directions that... But it seems like a great plan to her. It, to her, it seems like she just killed it. She is... Yep one hundred percenting it. And I, I love it. It feels so right, even though, yes, she has totally uh, bonered it. Yep. Like not the, not in a good way. No, not in a good way at all. Um in like the classic old school uh old school comics way of talking about it. Mm-hmm. Um New Avengers number six and this is Oh, my God, this issue. This uh, is a
3: great, great issue.
0: Written um, by Al Ewing, art by Gerardo Sandoval, colors by Donal Sanchez, Almara, but but we have uh, two other artists who take yeah. on um, special parts of this book. We have a sequence of four pages by Phil Noto. Busy a, guy this week, Phil Noto. Yeah, right? And a sequence of two pages by Mark Bagley. Busier guy, Mark Bagley. I know, Mark Bagley and Scott Hanna. and Because um, those two parts are set in... In, in, in just different realities or different time periods. Uh, just It was a really smart choice to bring in two very different... You, you have three very different um, stories that you're telling in here, mm-hmm. and they're all using the different art artists for these. was so brilliant. Really, really smart choice. But this is the big throwdown between uh, the New Avengers and the uh, Avengers of 20XX versus Moradon. And Moradon is the crazy space wizard from the fourth uh, time era or whatever it is. Authentically engrossed. Yeah. Uh, And he has infected Wiccan, becoming the Demiurge. Um, Basically, all-powerful and in the year 20XX has pretty much wiped out everything. He has succeeded in all-powerfully destroying reality and life and, and snuffing out everything. But These aren't good. No, not good at all. So the the Avengers 20XX come back to our time. There's this great scene because you have this tiny Nova called mm. Collapsar. Collapsar is so great. and um, uh, Sunspot Meets him for the first time, and uh, he's like, "Ha, ah, tiny Nova! So how can I help?" He's yeah. so delighted <laughs> by this little Nova flying up to him. It's
3: I got to admit, Collapsar really won me over in this issue. Right? When when
0: we first saw the
3: Avengers of 20XX, and I saw that there was just a little Nova, I was I felt kind of slighted, I felt like they were making fun. But really, he's he's just a delight.
0: Yes, um, but you get the two teams, and both fighting each other and fighting. Um, the dem, you know the burgeoning demiurge because they get to him at a point where he's not fully powerful yet. Um, in the current time, he's just started to infect Wiccan, so they have a slight chance. And I say slight because I mean it's really a monstrous thing. Um, but we get to see a cool other little bits about the um, the Avengers twenty XX, like their heritage. One of them, uh, Marvel Woman, uh, who's one of the heavy hitters on the team, we get to find out who her mom is in this. i was like, what? mm -hmm. What's up with that? Uh, But it's really, really great. You've got two versions of Hulkling in here. Um, One who's seen everything he loves, including the man he loves, just totally destroyed. And then the other one's fighting for, you know, who he believes is still around. Um, And that gets us into the Phil Noto section, which is inside Wiccan's head. It's, mm-hmm. it's a battle of wills and, and, and really perception, which is so fantastic. It was such a cool, like, way to go through things. And then boom, boom, boom. I will tell you, I read this on a plane, and I got choked up, and I started to cry when uh, this, like, the, it hit the last, like, four pages. Oh, my God, yeah. Oh, my. It crushed me. It was so good. So good. I'm not exaggerating one bit. That was Fantastic.
3: It was fantastic, and fantastic brings us right over to Old Man Logan, number two, <laughs> written by Jeff Lemire, gorgeous art by Andrea Sorrentino. Um, two parts again, much like it's interesting. Jeff Lemire seems to seems to have a thing he does where he likes to write stories in two timelines because much like Hawkeye was told in two timelines so is Old Man Logan
0: yeah oh we, I, I will say before you go any further mm-hmm. I know you don't have the books in front of mm. you the colors are by Marcelo Maiolo and yes you gotta give well shout worth out. mentioning yeah well gotta mention. give shout out to colors on this book <laughs> yeah the colors on this book are great
3: the art is just phenomenal it's so it's so different than anything you're gonna see it's it's, it's evocative of like a Jay Lee or a Bill Sienkiewicz um, it's really good stuff um, Andrea Sorrentino and Marco Maiolo are just killing it um, we get to see the and a flashback to the wastelands, we see Wolverine, um, <clears throat> old man Logan. We get really to some, something expand on something we saw in the original old man Logan, which is how horrible the Hulk family is. What terrible creatures have emerged from Bruce Banner procreating and then his family procreating with each itself. Just these nasty, nasty, horrible creatures that menace the wasteland. And then meanwhile, back in our time, old man Logan has decided to go after the Hulk. He already took out another guy who torments him in the future last issue, kind of a Z-list villain. Now he's like, all right, I'm going after Banner. But as we know, Banner is not the Hulk right now. Amadeus Cho is the Hulk. So we get a throwdown, a Wolverine Hulk throwdown, that is completely unlike any we've ever seen before, because it's an older, wiser version of Wolverine against this young, upstart but still very smart version of the hulk and again this is where andrea and marco really shine because they just give us this brutal fight between two creatures who cannot be hurt they cannot be damaged and they just go at it Uh, and then by the end of the issue wolverine is going elsewhere to uh seek refuge and we get a cool appearance on the last page of a nice guest star for next issue
0: totally uh, all right. Next book is Red Wolf Number Three, written by Nathan Edmondson, uh, art by Delabor uh Jose Marzan Jr. and Miroslav Mirva. And I love this book so much. Um, it's because it's so different, right? It's we've got um, all this stuff that we're doing with uh, like crazy superheroes and like talking about New Avengers or even Old Man Logan, like crazy wild big superhero things. But this is kind of one of the most grounded books we have you've got um you know you've got red wolf who's come from uh 1862 right 1862 um to come through this crazy portal and he's like this big fish out of water um but he's like smarter and more capable than anyone else around him but there's like he's trying to figure out what the hell is going on uh, he's get himself in some trouble. he's dealing with the Santa Rosa New Mexico uh, sheriff and like some crime and stuff going on but the sheriff is such a great character. he's this dude is like like okay, you're obviously not terrible. you might be a little uh, crazy but let's see if we can help you help me help you and he brings <laughs> them on like uh, some of the like patrol stuff and um, he uses red wolf because he uses tracking skills we get some really um, neat stuff revealed about just the, the the what's going on in Santa Rosa and like the crime that the sheriff has to deal with and the bigger picture stuff all around them uh, there's tension between one of the deputies and Red wolf and it's just like this to me feels like reading uh a tv show like yeah i can see this not be, wrong. being something on like fx or amc yeah amc for sure and uh i dig the hell out of it
3: i agree man it's a great book great art as well i loved uh Talajik, the way he's able like you said make it seem very real yet still kind of fantastic it's awesome stuff totally also awesome silk number four written by robbie thompson art by veronica fish um We have Cindy Moon going, well, she's already undercover in the Black Cats organization. Now she's going into the Goblin Nation to try to find ostensibly some answers about what happened to her brother, and through that, hoping she can find the location of her parents. She does locate some clues. She fights off a lot of goblins. She has a mysterious assist from an unnamed as-of-yet character who is going to play a big role. Uh, moving forward in Silk, I know that Robbie Thompson talked to our own Tim Stevens about this character um, in depth a few weeks ago. So if you want to learn more in advance, go check that out. But for now, Cindy is on her own in Goblin Nation. She does not have the, she's cut off from Mockingbird, who is her shield liaison. She was ditched by Killer Shrike, who was supposed to be helping her out for the Black Cat. So unfortunately, she gets brought before the Goblin King. And the Goblin King has an insidious plan to bring Silk around to his way of thinking and make her part of the Goblin Nation.
0: Yeah. All right. Now over to Spider-Gwen, number five, written by Jason Latour, art by Chris Visions, uh, who did some work for us last week as well. Uh, Colors by Rico Renzi. And there's so much going on. I think one of the cool parts about this book is it is Spider-Gwen's book, but it's also the Spider-Gwen universe. Right. So you've got not just, like, Gwen's tale and her stuff with her dad, and then her dad's business with Matt Murdoch, who is not a good Matt Murdoch. Yeah, he is not. But a... he is not the kingpin. <laughs> That's such a great t-shirt. Mm-hmm. Uh, yeah, he's wearing this this really fun t-shirt, uh, and then Matt Murdoch's stuff with Frank Castle, and what the hell is the deal with Frank Castle? Uh, you've got all the stuff going on with Osborne. Then you've got a Captain America in this uh, reality. Who Love this
3: Captain America and she... love this Falcon even more.
0: Right? Captain America and Falcon are so great. Um, but just there's so many things going on here. And I think Jason and company are doing such a great job of, like, spinning all these plates and getting all these stories off the ground and rolling a- around. And it's it, it feels so big and so cool. And, like, there's so many avenues to go in. Like, spider Gwen's not in this issue much if, like, she's i don't know if she's in it at all i yeah. she she shows up she shows up basically in flashback right which is crazy um but it works 100 percent. i like now thinking about it i'm like oh right we didn't really see much of Gwen in this issue but i'm okay because everything else going on is so fantastic right her world is so
3: fascinating yeah the world building is absolutely interesting
0: Tremen, as we say tremendo
3: dose yes. Uh, swinging over to Spider-Man 2099, number six, written by Peter David, art by Will Sliney. We get a little kind of, hey, here's, here's Miguel O'Hara's supporting cast spotlight. We get to meet his assistant and his assistant's assistant. We've met them before, but get a little more expansion on them and they're interacting with each other. And someone very close to one of the assistants ends up being exposed to Terigen, and this being the Marvel Universe. We know what happens then. She goes into a cocoon And everything goes topsy-turvy because now we've got another new Inhuman. And who shows up when there's a new Inhuman? That's right, Lash. Straight from the small screen back to the small page. Uh, (laughs) We get Lash against Spider-Man 2099. It's just, uh, I I I I love mixing up characters like this. I love when a villain from another book who has a very specific agenda, and in Lash's case, that's the Inhuman agenda, Um, coming in and dealing with Spider-Man 2099. We get to see Spider-Man 2099 against someone much more powerful than him, who he's totally unfamiliar with. Will Sliney draws a great fight between the two. We get a new Inhuman character. We get more intrigue with Captain America 2099. Lots of good stuff going on in this book, and we know there's more that's going to be revealed as we go. So it's a a fun book.
0: Totally. Um, All right, from Spider-Man 2099 to Spider-Man Deadpool. (sighs) Issue number two, written by Joe Kelly, Uh, (sighs) art by the mighty Ed McGinnis. So good. Inks by Mark Morales and colors by Jason Keith. And, yeah. I can't
3: believe the stuff they're getting away with in this book.
0: Oh, my God. It's so good. Uh, Well, first up, we're introduced to Peter Parker, Uh, Parker Industries, like, showing off his new watch, the Webware uh, Mm 2.0, which – a uh, little foreshadowing right there. There's going to be some, some business with that later in the issue. But then, boom, we go over. I to... thought
3: you were going to be. I thought you were going to foreshadow that like you were getting one. That was your I'm getting one of these, boys.
0: <laughs> I wish I could get a webware watch. Give me two of them. Um, but we then go over to Deadpool, who's with Shikla. Shikla wants to go to the Bone Zone. Deadpool is, like, full-on work mode. Uh, it's There's just great stuff. All the Shikla Deadpool stuff this week between the two books is yeah. really, really fun. Um, yeah, I we love... need some more Shikla. We need a lot more Shikla. She's a great character. Remember um, when she had her own book? Did she? Oh, yeah. It was during Seager Wars. Wars. That was great. Those were yeah. good times. Yeah. Um, good times. So, yeah, you know, this is a Spidey Deadpool team up book. And on uh, the first issue, there was a bit of a rift between Spidey and Deadpool. And here, we get Deadpool trying to get. You know, Spider-Man's attention again, because he's got some business with him. Uh, Miles shows up, then Peter shows up, and there's just this great sequence of events with them, the three of them fighting, and then uh, goblin- Goblins just show up, because why not? It's New why York not? City. Uh, the Goblin Nation is everywhere. Uh, Deadpool shows off. worried about that every time I walk to work. <laughs> I know. Deadpool shows off his uh, his Deadpool buggy, which is a really fun little bit in this Yeah, book. that's awesome. Um, and it's just great. There's a lot of action and, and dialogue going on, and you sort of see Spider-Man coming around to, oh, Deadpool's not totally wrong or totally the worst. Maybe I'm being too hard on him uh, throughout the story. But there's this great part where with Mysterio shows up, and then yeah. it's bonkers. Oh, my God,
3: the way they take out Mysterio. Oh,
0: God. It's... And Deadpool
3: basically being
0: the voice of reason. Yeah, it's so good um it's hilarious it's it's really solid and then there you know like everything's great it's a really fun issue takes a crazy turn right by Mm -hmm. the end and deadpool finds something that drives him nuts and there's a shot in here like the third to last page or second to last page of uh one of the panels is deadpool like almost going super saiyan he's so angry it's like Mm -hmm. lightning crackling around him he's got his swords out and he's really he's ready to murder everyone and it's such classic, awesome Ed McGinnis action. Yeah. He's so good.
3: He's amazing. Also, amazing and totally awesome is the Totally Awesome Hulk number three, written by Greg Pak art by Frank Cho. This is Amadeus Hulk versus Finn Fang Foom, a huge showdown the giant dragon whose back scratches out the sun or whatever it's called, um, taking on our totally awesome hero with She-Hulk and Miles Morales in kind of the secondary role with Amadeus' sister trying to run inter- interference with our the monster queen, the collector of monsters. And Amadeus, what he's trying to do is defeat Finn Fang Fu while not losing it and hulking out. We're really starting to see in this issue the danger of... Amadeus losing control and how tenuous his grasp on this is. We get more flashbacks to what happened to Bruce Banner, how Amadeus got involved, but really the the thread of this issue is Amadeus trying to stay in control, desperately trying to prove that he is a different kind of Hulk than any other Hulk. It both helps him and hurts him against Fin Fang Foom, but what his victory over Fin Fang Foom, if he achieves it, is going to lead him to an even bigger problem to come next issue.
0: Shout out to Fin Fang Foom not wearing pants. Yeah, good for Fin Fang Foom. You know what? Let it ride. Yeah. Let it fly. Let him hang if you got him. Even if yep. you don't got him, let him hang. Do we know if he has him? I we don't think see. he does.
3: We, we didn't really see. No. That was, Spider-Man Deadpool, we saw it all. But <laughs> <laughs> Totally <laughs> Awesome Hulk, no.
0: Yep. Uh, for sure. All right. So on to Ultimates. Uh, this is number four. Uh, written by Al Ewing, art by Kenneth Rockefort, colors by Dan Brown, and Kenneth Rockefort. So this is super cool because it gives a bunch of background on uh, Adam Brashear, a.k.a. Mm-hmm. Blue Marvel. I It's been a bunch of years since I read the original Blue Marvel limited series, yep. so I can't remember all that was you know like put into there and what's yeah. not here.
3: If you guys enjoyed this issue, though, definitely go back and check out Adam, Legend of the Blue Marvel. Yeah, we're going to we're yeah, gonna we have should, to do that we for to See that one.
0: For sure. Um, but, you know, we get to see – because, you know, Adam's got – he's got all these crazy powers and stuff. He ages very slowly. So we get to see him, you know, in 1951 as a soldier, you know, a Marine Corps private. And then in the 1960 in uh, project, part of Project Perseus, uh, like an energy research group, um, all this stuff and how – um, his experiments sort of transform him, transform um, like a really close friend of his, and how that affects the current story we're getting into. Because the Ultimates team is in the neutral zone; it's the uh, at the very furthest edges of time and space, and they're they're out there trying to, you know, doing some of their experiments, trying to figure out some stuff. They've got you know Galactus and all this stuff going on, but. Uh, they don't expect to see anyone alive there. And they end up finding, <laughs> they find someone alive. And it's, it's like a whole big thing that drives, uh, that really kind of perturbs Blue Marvel for good reason as we find out mm-hmm. a bunch of huge revelations about, um, maybe not necessarily revelations, but important plot points for who Blue Marvel is and how he got to where he is and, you know, like the actions he's taken and the things that he's, you know, his supporting characters, his family, man. There's a bunch of stuff in this issue. This book is so good. It's packed. Oh it is packed God. with goodness. Um, also packed with goodness.
3: And rounding out the week is Weird World Number no. Three, written by Slammin' Sammy Humphreys, art by the incomparable Mike Del Mundo. In this issue, Becca and her motley crew, including Cat Beast and Galatia, are going after. They, they need to fix Galatia's car, and that requires a. I believe it's an emerald like thruster or something an emerald emerald some sort of part which they need to take from the grand mechanic who is this really wacky weird character um, while they're doing this we learn a little bit more about Morgan Le Fay and her motivations which are kind of surprising we get to see lava men aplenty. this is just a book where anything can happen and is happening at all times there's mishmash between different characters different worlds uh, Becca's really emerging as a cool character as we get to know more about Morgan, these are really fully embodied characters, and, you know, it's it's Weird World, man.
0: Maybe my favorite book. I mm. love it so much. Um, ben, you got a trim, trim of the week.
3: Trim of the week.
0: I liked
3: Ultimates. I liked Old Man Logan. I liked New Avengers. I liked all the all-new books, but I think I'm going to go with Spider-Man Deadpool. Nice. Spider-Man Deadpool was a rockin' book this week.
0: Good pick. Um, I really wanted to pick Weird World, number three, but I got to go with New Avengers, number six. There you go.
3: Uh, let's not forget Deadpool, either. Deadpool, yeah. number seven, supersized.
0: Jam-packed. What a good week. Good week for Deadpool.
3: Interesting. Yeah, for sure. Collections on sale this week. 1602 Witch Hunter Angela. Amazing Spider-Man Epic Collection Return of the Sinister Six. Daredevil Masterworks, volume 10. Deadpool Firsts. Fallen Son, Death of Captain America. We get a new printing on that. Marvel Universe, Captain America: Civil War. That is digest form. Red Skull, Secret Wars Journal, Battle World, and X Men: Age of Apocalypse Dawn. Uh,
0: Big shout out to that Secret Wars Journal and Battle World collection. It's the two anthology series, and there's so many good stories in there. You got to pick that up. Nice. Digital comics on sale this week. We've got the first issue of A Year of Marvels, the Infinite Comic. Uh, we're going to get to a little bit more about that soon. Then we've got Marvel Universe Avengers Infinite Comic number 5, as well as Marvel's Captain America Civil War Prelude Infinite Comic number 1. I mm. haven't had a chance to read these yet, but I'm very excited because we got a Civil War Prelude Infinite Comic.
3: Yeah. Also on the app this week, we've got Amazing Spider-Man, the original volume, 348 through 350, 361 through 369, 371, 373 through 377, and 381 through 393. Amazing Spider-Man: Spirits of the Earth one-shot, Captain America's Bicentennial Battles one-shot.
0: Wait, hold on. Amazing yes. Spider-Man: Spirits of the Earth is like it's in the um that Amazing Spider-Man Epic Collection as well. Okay. And it's a Charles Vess um oh. like graphic novel. It is nice, gorgeous. I That's would suggest. That sounds great. I would suggest if you're gonna like re- listeners, if you're gonna check out that Amazing Spider-Man Epic Collection, it's full of like. Great art and really cool stories. It's like it's it's the ones right in there, the three forties to the three you know nineties, whatever that is. A lot of those issues, but the Spirits of the Earth story. Oh my God, that thing is gorgeous. I stared at it for like ten minutes when I got my copy. It's an official recommendation
3: from yes. Ryan Pinagos. Yes. Uh, also, we've got Daredevil, the original volume ninety seven through one hundred one and one hundred three through one hundred four. Fantastic Four special two thousand five. Fantastic Four: A Death in the Family from two thousand six. Fantastic Four Wedding Special from 2005, Marvel Universe Avengers Assemble, issues 1 through 12, the official tarot of the Marvel Universe. I remember this, the whole tarot card thing.
0: I don't remember that at
3: all. That was from a while back. It was fun. Um, And Siege, Storming Asgard, Heroes and Villains. Those are both kind of official uh, handbook-type entries there.
0: Very cool. Uh, Digital Collections on sale this week. We've got 1602, Witch Hunter, Angela, Amazing Spider-Man Epic Collection, Return of the Sinister Six. Captain America and the Falcon, Mad Bomb. Captain America and the Falcon, Nomad. Uh, Daredevil Masterworks Volumes 4 and 10. Deadpool Firsts. Deathlock, The Living Nightmare of Michael Collins. That's
3: a good one. Yeah. Some Dwayne McDuffie right there, I believe.
0: Ooh, nice. Uh, Marvel Universe, Captain America Civil War Digest. because uh, that That's some Marvel Universe um, Avengers Assemble and various mm-hmm. other stuff in there. Uh, Red Skull. Uh, Secret Wars Journal slash Battleworlds collection, Siege, X-Men, Spider-Man, A New Goblin, and X-Men Age of Apocalypse Dawn.
3: Finally, freshly digitized on Marvel Unlimited, we have A-Force number 3, Amazing Spider-Man number 20.1, Big Thunder Mountain Railroad number 5, Classic Star Wars issues 1 through 20, as well as Classic Star Wars Devil Worlds number yo, 1 and
0: 2. Yo, if Devil Worlds is what I think it is, uh, that could be... One of my jams. I'm gonna look it up right now. Yep. All right, it, you look it up. Wait, it's uh, I have one of these issues, and I'm sorry for this digression, but uh, I have one of these copies from way back when. It's it's a random, weird old book written by Alan Moore. Huh. And um, the original writer. Yeah, the same. Um, <laughs> but it's. It's definitely something to check out because it's wow, really, I know that. it's really cool. bonkers and really cool. I remember Bet. like only having one of the two issues. Now you can uh, finally read the other issue. Yeah,
3: I'm excited. Very exciting. Classic Star Wars Devil Worlds. Check it out, one and two. Ghost Racers, number three. Howard the Duck, number five. Inhumans, Adelan Rising, number five. Corvax Saga, number three. Lando, number two. Mrs. Deadpool and the Howling Commandos, number three. We were just talking about that earlier. Planet Hulk, number five siege number two spider island number two star wars empire issues 21 through 40 and ultimate end number four
0: bam uh all right so many great books in there and now it's
1: time for news and now from marvel headquarters it's this week in Marvel!
0: Man, what do we got for news?
3: Okay, you talked about a year of Marvels, and that is currently going on. It's an opportunity for some of our younger editors to explore the Infinite Comics realm, and we spoke to some of the editors who are going to be involved in that, so check that out on Marvel.com. A new column we've actually had going for a little while now that uh, the Wolfman has been running is Music to Marvel by, so folks like Al Ewing and others give you Spotify playlists that they use when they're working on their books. You can see why they pick certain music and why it fits with their books. Uh, Over in games, Marvel Heroes has relaunched, sort of. It's reinvigorated. It's now Marvel Heroes 2016. We have articles on all the cool new features that have come along with that. We have added Spider-Gwen to Marvel Puzzle Quest, and Old Man Logan, just in time for his comic to come out, is now part of Marvel Contest of Champions.
0: That's awesome. Uh, Also, Marvel Avengers Academy is rolling Mm -hmm. along. I'm playing. Nice. Uh, A lot of fun. I have... Who did I get? Um... I got Vision and um, Hulk. I just got Falcon. Uh, I just got, I
3: got Falcon a couple days ago. I'm tr- currently working on trying to get Enchantress.
0: Ooh, nice, nice. Uh, I love Wasp. I think my favorite character in the game is Wasp.
3: Oh, I agree. She's so great. She's she's a lot of fun and just the perfect fit for this game. And I'm, I'm enjoying learning more about – Bill Roseman keeps teasing me with there's a reason why they are, they're teenagers in this game. And it's like a bigger story reason. I really want to know what it is. Yeah. But he won't this... tell me
0: mysteries
3: mysteries abound yes and also the voice of the hulk is uh john cena you
0: can't even see him
3: but you can hear him
0: you can hear him
3: we're uh we're currently working on trying to see if we can't talk to mr cena about his his hulking out
0: that'd be great Yep, love it um all right that's uh that's about it for our section we're gonna wow that's it it for us i know we're gonna kick it over to uh the west coast strami and the wolfman so they can give us their news and then give us twim urc Pretty good. So I guess so we're done. We're done. Uh, Bye everyone. <laughs> Enjoy the rest of the show. It's the West Coast show me the wolf man. It's the West Coast show me the wolf man. It's the
2: West Coast show me the wolf man. It's, it's the West Coast baby. Yeah. Hello there. This week in Marvelites, this is Marvel.com editor Mark Strom, joined by...
1: Marvel.com assistant editor Patrick Cavanaugh. For
2: another thrilling installment of the Strummy and the Wolfman show, starring the Wolfman and Strummy. Now with added, this week in Marvel Unlimited Reading Club. But before we can get to that, ow, I just hurt my elbow somehow.
1: Off to a great start. Yeah, we're
2: like, I'm just laying my elbow on the table and I managed to hurt it. So, alright, cool, we're doing great so far. Anyway. Um, kicking on, things off with some news. Of course, we had an all-new Marvel's Agent Carter this week. Um, next week we will have a special two-hour Marvel's Agent Carter event, still beginning at nine eight central on ABC. But you will get two episodes of Agent Carter
1: for, for the price of one. For the
2: price of one. The price being free because, well, I guess. The price, I guess, being whatever your cable billet, but you're still paying for that hour anyway, so.
1: Kind of, but I, I don't even have cable. I bought an antenna for my TV, and it picks up ABC, so mm, I, don't, I, I tried, paid that one flat fee. I and, tried
2: doing that, but my um, apartment is in a concrete, like literally it's all yeah. concrete, so I can't even get a cell phone reception, let alone that. But anyway, next week Dottie Underwood returns, uh, Peggy and the gang sort of have to turn to her as an unlikely ally, and lots of shenanigans ensue. It's a great time. Um, what did we release this week in terms of featurettes? Oh, I know. We will be posting uh, an intro to Joseph Manfredi, who is played by Ken Marino. Wolfman will be posting that for us um, on Thursday, so when you're listening to this, it should be out there. Somewhere. Ken
1: Marino of Wet Hot American Summer fame. One and the same.
2: You know? But I can say that I've met Ken Marino. Can you say that? yeah I don't think so. Yeah, exactly. Um, so we have that. Uh, we will have a clip out there that sort of sets the scene for why Peggy would need to enlist Dottie on this mission. And We will have another clip coming early next week, I believe. We'll also have early next week our favorite quotes from the most recent episode. Um, And I think that's pretty much it for this week in terms of Marvel's Agent Carter. What else did we post this week, Patrick? Uh... You didn't make any notes about
1: that, did you? You just brought in your notes about. I. How many days have I been here this week? Oh, that's right. You were, how many yeah. hours have you I been at work this week? You, you weren't here. Oh, I can tell you in oh, the.
2: Oh, you know why I completely forgot to tell, talk about this. Already seems like it was so far long ago. So but, far, long ago. But it was like two or three days ago. We had the big game spot for Captain America. The big Civil
1: game. War. You guys know you tuned into the. Big game right, on the Sunday. Big game,
2: the big game on Sunday. We had the new 30-second uh, spot for Marvel's Captain America Civil War that had a lot of uh, uh, cool stuff going on, lots of new shots. United we and stand. Divide we fall. And on top of all this, we launched with Twitter 11 emojis for each of the members. We asked you to choose your side, Team Cap, Team Iron Man, um, and we debuted sort of which heroes were on which So side. many emojis. There, there are 11 emojis. They're all awesome. Uh, on Cap's side, of course, we've we've got Cap. We've got Bucky. We've got Falcon. Uh, we've got Scarlet Witch. We've got Ant-Man, and we've got Hawkeye. On Iron Man's side, we have, of course, Iron Man. We've got War Machine. We've got The Vision. We've got Black Panther and... Black Widow, ha! I named them all. Good job. Um, Good job. So, if you tweet using hashtags, uh, most of them are just the characters' names. Some of them, like Vision, is the, the Vision. The Vision, yeah. Um, and also, there's another one that. No, is. I think
1: that's all of them. No,
2: no, I think that I think there's another one with the in. The,
1: the Falcon. Falcon.
2: The Falcon. There we go. The Falcon. Uh, you can get special emojis popping up and. And if you choose who you would want on your team, either Team Cap or Team Iron Man, with the hashtag Team Cap Sweepstakes or hashtag Team Iron Man Sweepstakes, you are entered into a Sweepstakes, funny enough. Interesting. Uh, the grand prize being a walk-on role in Avengers Infinity War, which is pretty rad. So, you can learn more about that at uh, marvel.com slash Captain America slash sweepstakes. Um, it only runs through Sunday, this upcoming Sunday, February 14th. So, get in there quick and send out uh, your allegiance. And, hey, maybe you will win a walk-on rolling Avengers Infinity War. Um, part one
1: or part two?
2: I don't know. Ooh, just Avengers Infinity War cool um so there's that what uh I I can't believe I completely forgot about that
1: I was busy I did not help post any of those hashtags I was busy playing Settlers of Catan oh boy
2: nerd um so cool and uh uh just kidding I love Settlers of Catan because I always win I've never lost
1: really how many times have you played
2: five or six huh
1: that's a pretty good record. Yeah,
2: never, never, never once lost. You've got to get that or. I, I always forget the rules every time. Too. <laughs> I, I like so to think want, that
1: that delayed reaction I, let me know you weren't entirely familiar with it, despite no! winning.
2: I, I ha- exactly. Every time I play, I have forgotten the rules. I have to relearn them, and I somehow still win every time. I'm just
1: that. Yeah, that happens with uh with my girlfriend is that every, like every three or four weeks we play and every single time she has to say, How do we play this again? Yeah, we get you got a girlfriend, yeah, I'm sad and lonely, okay? Just just keep you up. Hey, me having a girlfriend has nothing to do with your sadness and loneliness. <laughs> That's true. Because if I were single you would still be sad <laughs> and lonely.
2: <laughs> um Anyway, so all that, uh, you can catch that big game spot on Marvel.com, on our YouTube channel. We also had a really fun, cool ad in partnership with uh, Coca-Cola. Um, where Hulk was chasing Ant-Man through the city streets to because Ant-Man has stolen Hulk's last uh, Coke Mini. So you can check that out at all those channels as well and uh, pay special attention to that ad because there may be some little Easter eggs in there that give you hints as to um, where and how you might be able to get some Coke Minis yourself with special Marvel-themed designs on them.
1: Interesting.
2: Uh, I think that covers everything that we did for the big game. I think that covers everything that we did for Marvel's Agent Carter. Um I have been in and out of the office these last two days doing a bunch of podcast recordings, so my brain is just like blah, 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 I've been all over the place. So I, I think we covered everything. If we didn't, apologies. Anyway, let's get to this week in Marvel unlimited reading.
1: Club. T-W-I-M-U-R-C 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 This Week in
2: Marvel Unlimited Reading Club Alright Here we are with the very first ever Marvel West Coast edition
1: Exclusive West Coast edition Exclusive
2: West Coast edition of This Week in Marvel's Unlimited Reading Club For this one I had Patrick read Capwolf The uh, famous or infamous, I prefer go with famous, story from the 90s in which Captain America became a werewolf, written by uh, Mark Gruenwald, drawn, for the most part, other than like a 10-page epilogue by um, Rick Levins and Inker, I don't want to mess up this guy's name, Danny Boulandi. Uh, I'm sorry, Natty, uh lettered by Joe Rosen, colored by Gina Going, edited by the famous Ralph Macchio, not the Ralph Macchio you're thinking of, Patrick.
1: Now, it's weird because when you first pitch this idea of, like, oh, let's do a West Coast Ultimate Reading Club, uh, I'm going to subject you to not the worst of the worst – but some of the crazier of the crazy mm-hmm. storylines, like you were you were pitching it as, this is going to be a, an endurance test to see if you can actually survive these and how ridiculous they are. And a couple weeks ago, when ridiculously I ridiculously awesome when uh, when we read Deadpool, that was definitely my reaction. That was definitely like. Uh, a test of my mind and will why? to get through.
2: Those were fantastic comic
1: books. Gr- like, j- just all the... I don't want to... If people want to hear my, our thoughts on those issues. But I was, like... Not, not that I uh, uh, was having a ton of fun reading them. I could still see why people enjoy them and hold them near and dear to their hearts. I hold them near and dear to my heart. And... So when you were like, basically every time Mark mentioned this idea, he would start wringing his hands together, like Mr. Burns, mm, just like, yeah. "Ooh, accident! <laughs> I'm going to, I'm going to have you read Cap Wolf," <laughs> <laughs> which have, is a story that I legitimately love. So right, out. so so that's what I'm saying is like, so going into this. Keeping in mind uh, your mindset of, ooh, I'm going to punish him by making him read these things, and considering I didn't totally love the Deadpool comics that we read a few weeks ago, I thought this was going to be just uh, awfulness. And boy, was I wrong.
2: I know, right? These were
1: all awesome things (laughs) happening in every single Panel. Every single page. Every single issue. I mean,
2: let's just let's just open up with this is the second page. The second page is this very nicely drawn, very nicely detailed werewolf, like ripping some guy's
1: throat out with giant words. The prowling. Right. That is. I mean, I'm going to warn you, listeners, right now. I'm going to say. I'm going to say, badass quite a few times in this installment. Because, yeah, I mean, you look at those pages, like that awesome night-to-day transition, and just right off the bat, the colors that they're using, it just looks like these, you know, pre-code horror comics. Yeah. Yeah, Um, I
2: can see that. Uh, No, no, absolutely. And then, I mean, early on, one of my favorite reactions was... Uh, right after a scene we're talking about, you get uh, Cap working out with D-Man, and I was—I I had forgotten that at this point D-Man was like a mute, like he—that uh, oh, he, right, he had mute. lost. Yeah. So, so Captain America was just like talking and saying all these things, and he was just like not responding. And I'm like, that's some weird writing. Like, and,
1: and meanwhile, I'm unfamiliar with D-Man, so <laughs> I'm just like, did this giant bearded monstrosity takeover for daredevil because he's wearing daredevil's suit with wolverine's mask but he's not even wearing wolverine's mask at that point no right at that point in the series no um and you you're you're uh kind of going through the comic right now but i don't think i'd actually seen this black widow outfit before
2: oh really her classic like early 90s look
1: yeah and it's awesome I love it. I mean, it, it's pretty similar to, like, you know, what you see in uh, – you know, it's just black – or, excuse me, it's just a gray bodysuit. But the detail of having, the uh, like, the spider logo on her back I thought was, was pretty neat.
2: I also love this is a time when – to convey motion. Just a, uh, it's the just the artist ghosts. The artists would always show like ghost images of where like Cap had been. Like they do this a number of times in this. And this was a, a thing that like that like artists would do a lot yeah. back in the nineties. It's something they don't really do anymore and I kind of miss. Like I always thought it was very effective at getting to all that. Um, yeah and then you know I realized when uh, we talked about Mark Gruenwald Yet, Which we should Because I don't think you, You're not very familiar With Mark Gruenwald Are you? No He uh, Had the longest run Writing Captain America Captain America Right yes. I know that uh, Yeah he wrote For like Something like 100 and Close to 140 issues Something like that um, He was uh, An editor Also at Marvel Back in the 80s and 90s uh, He very tragically Died Very young uh, Very Very beloved In the industry he also wrote classics like the Squadron Supreme maxi-series. Um, and he he always, like Cap, he was always such a huge Cap fan, and he saw Cap as really the um, most relatable and realistic superhero because he literally could be anybody. Like, Captain America is essential. Like, yeah, you say, like, Sure, Peter Parker can be anybody, but if you get banned by a radioactive spider, you're probably just going to die of some terrible disease. Right. You know? Uh, and I mean, that's the thing. Like, Marvel Comics, yeah, they're all reliable, but Captain America is just basically a super athlete. Like, you could conceivably just get very strong and very agile and, there, there and, are- and be approximate to Cap's abilities.
1: Well, and it's it's also uh, what makes cap who he is is his mind more right. than his body you know and so yeah you could take that mind and put it in any body male female whatever and uh uh you know they could train or have an exoskeleton like has happened with captain america to retain yes. his powers Un-
2: under mark Gruenwald's run right that, yeah that was his uh that was his last arc on the series
1: but yeah yeah uh i think I, too, enjoy Captain America for those reasons. Yes.
2: Um, sorry, I just realized I wanted to get the talk about Mark Gruenwald uh, uh, out of the way.
1: If you go back, uh, yeah, I think that's the page. Does it say what page as you're scrolling through? Page 8 of the first issue, uh, Cap goes to investigate, and he's you know talking to a lady researcher about who they think the werewolf murders could be caused by. And there's a scene where she's like, "Oh, it's. Pardon me while I look through all this stuff." Professor, what's his face isn't the- Connors, Kurt Sorry. Connors. Sorry, oh, God. I couldn't remember that it was Kurt Connors. Uh, Kurt, Mister, Con- Doctor Connors isn't the most tidy of individuals.
2: No, no, she says specifically Kurt was marvelously
1: well organized. But okay, the point I'm trying to get at is why is there McDonald's? Just on a filing cabinet.
2: I don't know, because they were hungry. Why is
1: there just such an obvious, hey, here's a bag of McDonald's. Like, that's what made me think she was saying it sarcastically. Like,
2: scientists get oh, hungry, too. Oh, today.
1: he's uh, marvelously well organized, even though he didn't put his McDonald's bag in the filing cabinet marked M for McDonald's. Or H for hamburgers.
2: And then we get our introduction to... Um, Good, D. Moon- Snyder.
1: D. Snyder, the lead singer of Twisted Sister.
2: <laughs> Otherwise known as Moon Hunter.
1: Oh, boy. Who is
2: in this strange 90s, like he's got arrows, I guess, on his leg or something. in his hair. Has- no, that's not his hair. That's part of his mask. But still. He's got, like, this metallic, like, barbed wire he hair just looks- as part of his mask.
1: He just looks like he has a perm on, like, platinum blonde hair.
2: Yes, he does. And then we get to the scene where Captain America goes to um, J. and Jameson, and I love that J. John Jameson's reaction to Captain America, saying that Jameson's son, John Jameson, was Captain America's pilot, is like J. and Jameson being like, what? That's terrible. Like, he's super offended that. Right. That, like, it, it's like, dude, it's Captain America, okay? But it's even
1: like, still, he's just like, well, you guys get up to pretty bad things and roll some bad characters. And I don't like that spider menace.
2: It, it's just, it's.
1: Oh, and then uh, we get to see Cap riding his Sky Rider. Sky Cycle. Sky Cycle.
2: Did you, did you ever play the Captain America and the Avengers arcade game?
1: Ooh, uh, may, I'm sure I did, but I don't, they, I don't remember they, it all they that well. They
2: rode on the sky cycles in there. That was The sky, sky cycles were a big thing back in, like, the early 90s. Wait,
1: you're trying to tell me that, like, hovering motorcycles were a popular thing in this comic book that we're reading? Huh. Clearly that's going to be the only sky cycle that we see in this series.
2: Well, you are wrong. Uh, and then, of course, we get to, you know— Dr. Druid, he goes along. They. Oh, and we've got these Diamondback uh, backup features in this arc. I'm not gonna lie; I was not 100% sure what was going on in some of them. I think maybe we're missing some backstory at some point. Um, but so I kind of, uh, we kind of, uh, I think, I think those played specifically to sort of the longer stories that were going on. Um, involving the Red Skull and his shenanigans. And I just love, you know, we're getting into the second issue and how there are all these random guest stars and all of them are like X Men characters.
1: Yeah, and it's all just like, its it feels like they're just commercials for the other books.
2: Well, and my favorite is, is like, okay, I get that, like, you know, these other characters like Wolfsbane or Feral, they're somehow like. And, and even Wolverine, characters. yeah. No, 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 but that's no, the you... thing. That's the thing, is like they have an excuse. They're like, oh, we're going out for this like siren cry or whatever. What's Wolverine doing there? He's
1: in, before we even see Captain America, you see him in that first issue, like with, I don't know, like poop on his fingers, smelling it's mud. them, smelling them, and then just being like, never seeing him for the rest of the issue. Ugh. All right. Well, I mean, we. Oh, what, what oh wait, wait, wait. Up with this, yes? Is uh, is that Moon's Blood? or Moon, Moon Hunter. Sorry. Moon Hunter also has a hoverboard motorcycle? Moon
2: Hunter also has a hoverboard hi- uh, motorcycle that he, like, kicks Cap off of, and this is my favorite line of the entire series. He kicks Cap off of it, and he goes, So sucker, and just so as you don't meet the Reaper without knowing who killed you, call me Ah, uh, you're probably out of earshot already.
1: I I can't. One of my favorite lines in that sequence is he tells Cap that he's going to turn him into sky pizza. <laughs> like, I don't understand the insult, but I don't. He's going to turn into cheese and spaghetti sauce. Also, that um, I they reveal. I think it was just then. That this whole series takes place in northern Massachusetts. So That's another reason why I can like it because that's where I'm from. Even though Starksboro is not an actual location.
2: Um, and then we sort of get to the point where uh, uh, we, oh, and we, we meet Nightshade. Um, who is...
1: Wait, we. I think we're, we're. you're skipping over another one of my favorite lines. Which is? where? So Cap gets attacked by a wolf, uh, a werewolf, and then uh, Moon's blood. I already forgot his name. <laughs> Moon Hunter? Moon Hunter. When, and then Moon Hunter uh, uh, neutralizes the wolf that attacks Captain America, and he throws the wolf over his shoulder, and he says... Oh, this is a tight-muscled she-wolf. <laughs> she must work out, which is just a tight-muscled she-wolf. She must work out.
0: Uh,
2: and then we meet Nightshade, and uh, now Nightshade actually first appeared in Captain America back in Steve Englehart's run in a uh, uh, issue, Sal Buscema drew most of Englehart's run but there was a special fill-in issue drawn by Alan Weiss who's uh, another famed illustrator and that introduced Nightshade and I remember like when I was going into a story I kind of forgot she was there and then I was like man what a random idea to make Captain America a werewolf, like where did this come from and then when Nightshade was reintroduced into a story I all of a sudden remembered Oh! This has happened before. Like, that's why... Like, Captain America was not made into a werewolf, but in Nightshade's first appearance, she turned Falcon into a werewolf. Right, yeah. Captain had to fight Falcon and a bunch of other werewolves. So I'm like, oh, this isn't so random because Cap has fought werewolves before and, and Cap's allies have been turned into werewolves and before. And
1: that this is canon. Like, this is just crazy that this is part of yeah. Captain America. Can't This isn't just some... Uh, offshoot series, this is... Oh, no, that's right. Captain America, Steve Rogers, was at one point turned into a werewolf and fought other werewolves.
2: And another thing I love is we also meet our big villain, Dredmund. Um, And the greatest thing about this is, I don't know if this was the artist's choice or whatever, but they keep on calling him Dredmund. And I learned as we went along that Dreadmond was an established Captain America villain. Like, he'd fought Captain America before, even recently, even within, like, the last year or two of when these comics were published, right? But even though they still identify him as Dreadmond, they keep his face in the shadows as if they're, like, trying to hide his identity. Right. Until like three or four issues in, when all of a sudden there's meant to be like some dramatic, some big reveal, of and you're who like, who "Oh, is. that's what he looks like!" But now? you're like, "Wait, you've been calling him Dreadman for like two issues yeah. now, so I'm not quite sure what was going on with all of that." Um, then yeah, yeah, yeah.
1: There's also uh, I like how uh, he meets up with Wolverine or whatever or. Wolverine. Wolverine attacks the town. Right. It's just. uh, I think it's just around this time that they're just so blatantly referring to the murder from the opening scenes of the first issue. Just as, oh yeah, that's the werewolf murder. Like that's what the the shorthand is. Is that everyone just kind of accepts? Oh yeah, this guy that we found, he was murdered by werewolves.
2: Yeah, no, these things happen. Then what they they attack the town. I mean, there are just so many awesome shots, particularly in once we get into like the third issue, issue four hundred four, of just Captain America punching werewolves. There's it's just
1: there's one uh, panel where he is jumping and in midair, both feet are connecting with two different werewolves while his uh, he has a werewolf in a headlock like over his shoulder.
2: Oh God, where is that? I Let's – got to find that.
1: Uh, eh, I mean, you could take my word for it. All right, all right. Because we can't really show it to people, but I'm sure they've read it is already.
2: It, is it – it's not that one, no. Is it that one? Oh, that one. That one.
1: Yeah, it's that one. Right, Where it's
2: on page three of issue 404. It's the bomb panel. W- from
1: the, the sound from his right foot is Badoom. The sound from his left foot is – Hawk? And then the sound of him... Oh, wait. And he's hitting someone with uh, his shield with the left hand while having, having a werewolf and a headlock in his right uh, shoulder.
2: my God. This is amazing. Um, and then, of course, we get Captain America being transformed into
1: a... Oh, pirate. we we, uh, we passed over another one of my favorite lines where uh, Moon Hunter is talking to Nightshade. Is that, is that yes. that's her name? Yes. And she's talking about how hard it is uh, that uh, Wolverine isn't accepting the infection or what have you of turning into a werewolf. And uh, Moon Hunter says to her, he is Wolverine of the mutant X-Men. And then her response is, uh, right. (laughs) (laughs) Like that just kind of that – Kind of for me summarizes just how silly the whole concept is. Is like, oh, this is Wolverine of the mutant X Men, and her response is like, Wh- whatever, yeah, sure. <laughs> Even I, see- she seems sick of how crazy this is.
2: I, uh, I uh, at the end of four hundred four and beginning of four hundred five, the same line is repeated that I think could act as the tagline for this arc, which is Captain, get ready to howl.
1: Oh boy, yeah.
2: Um, Oh, and this awesome transformation (laughs) sequence at the beginning of 405 where we see Steve Rogers become a werewolf and then snap out of his restraints, and the issue is called Dances with Werewolves. Oh, yeah. Yes, please. However,
1: not my favorite uh, issue title in this series. What's
2: your favorite issue title?
1: The last one.
2: What's the last one called?
1: Lord of the Wolves.
2: (laughs) Um, and then we have sequences of D man. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah! That being, just was just like,
1: nonsense. <laughs> like, <laughs> like, oh, all crying. of these, all of this werewolf fighting action is way too cool. Let's go see what D man's up to as he's wandering around Central Park, <laughs> not talking.
2: Oh god! And then we get Cap and Wolverine just like going at each other. Oh, b-
1: before uh, I think you just passed the uh, druidic staring contest. Yes. <laughs> Before that is another one of my uh, another one of my favorite lines that Captain I want to say it's Captain America delivers, or it could be Doctor Druid, maybe there's uh, the a thing with Wolverine, where uh, I guess it doesn't really matter, but they at one point use the line of they need to attempt to unsourcel Wolverine, <laughs> unsortle. <laughs>
2: I think that's an actual. Oh, excuse me,
1: unenforceable. Unenforceable is is the word they went with to uh, to describe that. Sounds
2: sounds legitimate to me.
1: Oh yeah, it just was like I don't think I've ever read the word unenforceable before.
2: Well, you are less read than I am. Oh, and it's worth pointing out that we talked about Joseph Manfredi earlier from Marvel's Agent Carter. He's in this comic. Oh, really? Yeah, this guy. So on the very last page of issue 405, right, you meet Red Skull's henchman. And the dude with the crazy cape and the pointy face mask, that's Joseph Manfredi. There you go. Yep. Uh, Bring it all back. Uh, And then, of course, we get wolf pack attack um, where Wolverine or Captain America just, like, basically teams up with all the other wolves to... Stop, Dreadman's master plan of becoming Star Wolf and returning man to a bestial state. Yeah, man that was all awesome. It was all talking about humanity he was, is terrible. It was a huge, like cosmic, entity Go, yeah, like werewolf. celestial.
1: It was yeah, uh, that really spoke to me. Um, there were just, it was very nineties. There were parts where uh, some. They refer to the city where all of these things are taking place as just a a city of werewolves. Yes. The entire city has been turned into werewolves. At one point, a little kid is walking down the street, and he sees werewolves running around, including Captain America. And his response is rad (laughs) during the day. Like, he's just stoked to see werewolves wandering around during the day and not just at night.
2: My – but one of the things that makes this a very 90s story arc is that Cable just randomly shows oh, yep, up in the yep. last issue. Yeah. Uh, and Cable has another one of my favorite lines from this thing, which is when uh, Dreadmund as Star Wolf starts, like, wrapping them up in carpet, and Cable's like, what? What mutant has the power to control carpets? Yeah. Which Which now I want to see that mutant.
1: There were just so many points where I was like, wait, what? Someone wrote this down? Like... Uh, there's a part where uh uh what's his face Dreadmond says to Dr. Druid, "You have been defeated in occult combat yes that was awesome there's a part where uh, in the not the not the like epilogue issue, but in the last issue of the Capwolf series where they capture uh shade shade night nightshade 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 where they capture her and they start to restrain her and she yells no i can't stand being restrained that's her response to being restrained like oh really you don't like being restrained that's weird we were doing this because we thought you'd enjoy it uh yeah and then issue six was lord of the wolves there's also a point where uh the wolves – so the wolves can't talk except for Captain America. And who, one other werewolf.
2: Oh, who I guess is werewolf by night. That makes more sense. Now.
1: And and Cap, uh, everything he says, you can tell that he's saying it with, like, a growl. Yeah, like, he's like, right. really hard to r- restrain Nightshade, who hates being r- restrained. But at one point, uh, uh, it's revealed that – John Jameson was one of these werewolves. Yes. And at one point, he takes up a pad and a pencil <laughs> yes. and just writes... To Nightshade. Just a clear message yep. in complete English, and then just like holds it up to her. She's I, like, oh, that's what's going on. <laughs> and then and then we have the epilogue issue, which probably perplexed the hell out of you. Well, one more before we All get right. to the epilogue is... Um, so the, a huge part of this is that Dreadmond attacked... Uh, dr druid and ripped a hole in his neck in like the third issue and everyone's like oh dr druid is now dead however in the last issue it's revealed that no he is still alive and he explains that he stayed alive because he forced the wound in his neck closed due to sheer will Yeah, like he was just like, I don't want to be bleeding out of my neck. I don't want to be bleeding out of my neck. I don't want to be bleeding out of my. Oh, there, stop bleeding out of my neck.
2: Um, All right, and then the epilogue issue, which was Infinity War tie-in, and probably just you had no idea what was going on, did you? I had given up.
1: I was like, (laughs) this guy kind of looks like U.S. Agent. No,
2: he was an evil twin created by the Magus. Magus, one of the two who is Warlock's evil Adam Warlock's evil double. And the Infinity War may just created this army of, like, evil doubles for all of the Marvel superheroes, and they all had to fight their evil doppelgangers. Uh,
1: but I guess it was just because he looked like Captain America but, like, had a black suit. Instead of, instead of red, white, and blue, it was red, white, and black. Yes. So that's why I thought uh, he should have looked familiar.
2: All right, one moment. We actually need to stop recording for a second because I need to clear up some space on the recorder, and then we will get to your comments. All right, now on to your comments, which, you know what, I feel like fewer of you commented on this than normal, which hurts Patrick's my feelings
1: Well, I, I think uh, DJ Fanko, who, what's, well, Don, DJ Fanco. Fan co, yes. I think he kind of hit the nail on the head when I think he was the first tweet about this, and he was like, you you read it. All right. Well, we'll
2: jump – well, yeah, we'll jump ahead to Dude, that and then jump back. Yeah. So he said, uh, it's time to read some Cap Wolf with the Wolfman and Strami for TWIM URC, hoping for more collaborative discussion than arguing.
1: So I think that was <laughs> indicative of potentially our last episode where I think for the most part – ryan and i were trying ryan and i were trying to uh focus on the content and then every once in a while you would chime in with some strange comment and then look at us waiting for us to laugh and we'd have to say mark please stop That sounds like me anyway all right going backwards
2: a little bit Alan Howells at Allen Howells said had a hard time getting into Cap Wolf for Twim URC. Maybe it's the stilted dialogue or dated art. Maybe it's Cap Shatner esque inner monologue. Anyway, of all the Twim URC I've read, this was one of them. <laughs> I, you know, this was I, I'll, one of them. I'll, I'll, I'll have to disagree. Both Patrick and I loved. No, I, this. I will say
1: that that I thought the art was cool, especially compared to. Uh, some other 90s art out there. I do agree there was tons of just inner monologue. That was one of the notes I took is everybody, like every single panel was just somebody talk or thinking to themselves. Oh, yeah. And then well, finery, finally uttering a line of dialogue. Well, that, like,
2: that, that, that trope didn't go away until around 2000. It was Bendis who really sort of uh, did away with that.
1: All right, and uh, so, again, DJ, fan, co, we already mentioned one thing you mentioned. uh, And then, either way, I'm sure this will be a howling good time. Twim URC, woo! Werewolves of London. Uh, No shade on Rick the Brick Levens, but I was kind of hoping for Ron Lim. Oh, well. Twim URC, I'm sure this arc will cause a change. Wait a second. Wolverine is in this? And D-Man? And Black Widow? Who else is in this? Spider-Man? There he is, in a flashback. Was he? Oh, yeah,
2: he was there. Yeah.
1: Uh, And Cap secretly visits J. Jonah Jameson through the office window. Nice character moment with the blinds. I feel like if Cap walked in to visit, Jameson's clout would go through the roof. Twim URC, probably why Cap didn't do it. Love the first appearance of Moon Hunter. In my Cap headcanon, it was also his last. (laughs) The Rachel Layton backup stories were definitely for the long-term reader. And finally, uh, seeing Crossbones, Taskmasters, and others in those Diamondback uptails was, get it, like diamond back up,
2: oh, diamond back like hyphen time.
1: uptails, was helpful for more character context.
2: Yes, I agree. Like I said, those were definitely for the long haul with that. Uh, then we have Penelope Cat, who says, this week's TWIM URC selection is the Catwolf Wolf story from the 90s, featuring Captain America as a wolf. I first read Captain America during the later J.M. dematteis Mike Zek period, starting with issue 281. I loved the retro movie cover. That was a great run. Uh, For whatever reason, I didn't really become a huge fan of the character until years later after the first movie. So the whole Mark Gruenwald period is new territory for me. I knew he was on the book for years, but over 100 issues is impressive. Obviously, since the current round of cap is calling back to this story, it is indeed. It must have made an impression on those creators. Grunwald's run on the book was so long that if you're a Cap fan of a certain age, this is the Cap that you must be a fan of. For me, though, it kind of left me cold. It isn't entertaining enough comics, but I didn't feel like it was a Captain America story. I felt like it could have been any character slot into this story, and that's why I feel it let me down.
1: Again, I I, I got... I can see that.
2: I can, I can sort of see that, but I think the connectivity of Nightshade and with Cap's past continuity with it sort of ties it in enough for me.
1: And also, uh, like we were talking about how Cap's physical prowess is part of who he is. So, so like were it to be a Spider-Man story where Spider-Man got turned into a werewolf, it would be a spider werewolf whereas cap he doesn't you know he's just a strong guy so yeah. so yeah you're right it, it could have been virtually anybody else's story but if we saw like a hulk wolf or a thor wolf yeah, it would have just been be different it, it would have been way too many things going on yeah so they it seems like they went with a more at least neutral character so
2: yes anyway that's all we've You know, used up way too much of your time at this point. But thank you guys for listening. The next TWIM URC will be back east uh, with Ryan and Ben in two weeks. They are reading a Mm -hmm. whole smorgasbord of um, Infinite Comics. So check out – Ryan actually didn't give me the list. So check out Marvel.com, the Marvel Unlimited rotator. They will have something posted there letting you know. I'm sure Ryan and Ben will talk about more in – Maybe their segment or another one or what have you. Who knows? Anyway. All right. As always, we thank you for listening. We wish you a splendiferous weekend, a splendiferous-er week. We'll chat with you in seven more days. And as always, I apologize for the Wolfman. The Cap Wolfman. The Cap Wolfman.